Hi, I'm Ewan Donaldson, and you're listening to Glory Days of Gold. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better. All conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy I knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days of gold might return once more Hello, hello, how do you do? We are the boys from New Bayview and we're back with another episode of Glory Days of Gold, your East Fife and Scottish football podcast. My name's Lee Gillis, I'll be your host for this evening. I'm Doug Perry. And I'm Gordon Henderson. You'll notice that we don't have that um, hybrid Scottish-Canadian twang, so I could guarantee you that you won't hear the, the following phrases for tonight. Over here in Canada, the locker room, and some other various Canadian... MLS will not be mentioned. Yes, you'll be pleased to know we don't have to hear about that shite. You will have to hear our shite, but it's good shite, um, but. This week, um, unless you've lived under a rock, East Fife had a resounding, resounding win last night, um, or sorry, yesterday afternoon, 8-0, a new record win uh, at our, I keep wanting to say a new stadium, but it's obviously not a new stadium because it's been there for a long time now, but at the MGM Timber Bayview Stadium to give it its, its full title. And, I mean, I don't, I don't even really know where to start. Um, I'll come to you first, Gordon. I walked out of the game yesterday and paraphrased the, the second best Alex Ferguson that ever lived and just said, eh, football, bloody hell. Yeah, it was just one of these games. It was, I was listening back to the the, the highlights in the commentary and I think um, the word ridiculous got mentioned twice and it was just ridiculous. It was just one of these games where, like it's eight now, it's obviously got to happen that we were just incredible. I feel like every single player in his five shirt had at least a very good game, and Stranraer were woeful. Um, even even half time, it was two 0 and if you, you know if you're if you're just sitting listening from the outside, you might think, all right, East Fife are ahead, but Stranraer still in this. I remember saying this is the most unequal half of football I've seen this season in a long time. We could have been four or five nil up at half time. Watching back the highlights, we could have won that. 12, 13, 14 nil. And I don't think anyone could have had any complaints. And as funny as it is to say, I thought Stranar Keeper had a pretty good game. Um, it was just everything worked for us. And in that second half, like obviously they got a man sent off, and I think their heads just just went. They were demoralized. And we just looked like we, we were playing for fun, just trying to score goals. Um you, you couldn't quite believe what was happening. I've, I've never, I mean, I've I seen, I was there for the 7-0 Steny game, but as weird as it was, that didn't feel like anywhere near as much of a doing as that was yesterday. That was just, oh, I don't think I'll I mean, ever see that again. Yeah, I mean, if it was a boxing match, Doug, it, it probably would have got stopped. It was, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you're right. It's almost that sort of, I've run out of superlatives. Yes. Um, but it's so true. I mean, there, there was that mixture of, I mean, just, I walked back to my car, just like giddy with excitement, you know, singing away myself, just like, I mean, what I actually thought when I sat in the car was, Two of my good mates, one who's an East Fife fan but lives in uh, California, so doesn't get to games very often. And my mate who goes to, as he calls it, one East Fife game every 10 years, went to the Annan game. And I just thought to myself, God, I wish they were here this game. Because, because it was, talk about night and day from home performances. It was, it's hard not to mention the fact that Sonar were utterly, utterly hopeless. I mean, they chucked it, really. But at the same time, some of our goals and our football was it was frightening. Like I've not I've not seen a performance like that probably ever, really. And as Gordon said, I mean their keeper pulled off like a proper two blinding saves, like unbelievable. And it could have been, yeah, as you say, five not a half time would not have been wrong at all. And 10, 11 wouldn't have been far off the mark either. Crazy, absolutely crazy. So I, I need to start this episode, and before we do, actually, here's this week's sponsors. East Fife Community Football Club is proud to sponsor Glory Days of Gold. Keep up to date with all our community programmes through our Facebook and Twitter pages. There are classes available for every age and ability, from toddlers to walking football. Just search East Fife Community Football Club. Mays Mortgages are Fife-based mortgage and protection specialists. Our aim is to provide our clients with high-quality, personal and friendly service. Our advisors have over 25 years of industry experience and have an outstanding record for sourcing our clients the products that suit their needs. Where we're different though, unlike many other brokers, from start to finish, we won't charge you a penny. Contact us via Facebook to find out more. Thanks as always to Maze Mortgages and to the East Fife Community Football Club. I mean, the, the score yesterday was something that you'd probably expect from the, one of the community teams, you know, given Glenothis an 8 0 doing or, or something like that. But nope, it actually happened. And when I woke up this morning, I actually checked my phone just to make sure it wasn't just some sort of pipe dream. But speaking of that, I woke up yesterday to a message from um, lifelong East Fife fan Matthew McLean. And it just literally said 9 08 in the morning got an odd feeling we're going to pump them rotten today wow. and I was like are you sure that you're just not going to have diarrhea that was my, <laughs> my response and I got I got nothing back from him he obviously went well fuck you then um, and then just at two minutes past five just as I got back to my car he just screenshotted the message that he sent me and I was like touche because um, pump them rotten and pump them rotten we did and normally I take notes for doing any podcast and there's maybe about eight talking points have 24 for this game so strap yourself in listeners it's, it's going to be a long show um, what, what, about, what about strap yourselves in me and Gordon if you told me it's 24 points I mean oh, I'm really busy really busy <laughs> I mean there's nothing that would have put pride you away from reporting on this one this is going to be the most downloaded episode in history in history um, from fans worldwide I mean we've already secured the box of Freddos from Pi and Bovril although I did message them back um, and say surely we get upgraded to actual full-on dairy milks for, for an 8-0 win and he came back and he went it would have to be after 8s now very funny 
Although I did use that one last night about midnight after I'd had a few beers and I was like, <laughs> tweeting Starnia uh, directly. And uh, 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 also, I mean, after eight, I don't know, after eight's are terrible. Oh, I'd rather have Freddos, yeah. Aye, so I'm not, I'm not having that, but I, I appreciate the humour. One thing I'll very, very quickly say, just to start us off here, as I walked into the ground, there was Valley two... of the Shadow of Death. I think you're going to get some coolio there. Go through coolio. I've done that in karaoke <laughs> before. What a strange choice. Very drunk. Um, I walked. I was walking into Bayview, and there was two Sonar fans, you know, tops on going into the game. And I remember actually thinking, this is before the game, like, ah, oh, good on you. Do you know what I mean? Like, good on you. You've made that trek. You know, however bloody long it takes to go from there, and it was only when I got home later at night, I was having tea, and I thought, oh, I thought back to them, and just thought, you poor, poor bastards. That I mean, that's if they stayed to the end, you know, fair play to them. So yeah. if there's any randoms from our fans listening who were at the game, you know, tweet us. Let us know your thoughts on it. I'm sure they'll definitely. Be. I feel like this any Stranraer fan that made the game yesterday. Next time we play them at Bayview, they should get like a complimentary pint or a pie or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And two two hours and fifty seven minutes to get from Methyl to Stranraer, apparently, um, a, a six hour round trip. I mean, that's not even an hour per goal. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's so many things you could you could make that joke about. Yeah, oh, and 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 stab yourself in again because it's going to be filled with eight related puns. Um, but look, I mean, literally right from the off yesterday, my first note, 46 seconds into the game, Jack Healy um, is determined to win the ball back, um, wins a free kick for us, a good delivery, but obviously the chance was offside. And, and it kind of just set our stall out earlier and you were just like, all right, okay, like this this is going to be how this is going to be. And, and in the first, what, I think about the first 10 minutes we had, Three chances, um, you know, steel headers one wide, um, and then Stranraer have their probably their best chance of the game where Hilton um heads it wide from a, a good cross from there. But I don't know about um, yourself, Gordon, even at that, I, I didn't really feel threatened in the game. No, not at all. I mean, you know, I think um, they had a chance at 1 0 where they kind of got played through. And the guy he kind of he kind of put it a wee bit yeah. over and it went it hit the roof of the net. And I think at that point you're like, okay, it's only one that we've played very well, but you know, you, you see it, you see it with us, you see it with other teams, you have your wee spell, you get your goal, you know, unless you can really bury them, you know they're gonna have you know they're gonna come back. So, you know, even once once when at halftime when it was two 0 when they were down at ten, I thought that that's it. Absolutely it. Yeah. But really, until that point, you're always thinking, Stranraer are going to have a spell of pressure. They're, they're going to be better than what they are. Um, so there was that wee bit of worry, but it's only that kind of irrational. I'm always going to think that. You know, you go back to the Scotland game, it was, you know, 91 minutes, and I'm shitting myself that we're going to lose it. Um, but but realistically, no. Uh, you know, Stranraer offered nothing. They never had their wee spell. We never let up. Um, it was just a procession, really. Eric Brown that sits behind me, actually, he, he tapped me on the shoulder yesterday, like, you'll finally be able to say on the podcast that somebody got the doing that you've been expecting for about two years. Um, and yes, Eric, I, I was eventually getting to put the green tick next to that one, uh, Lee's prophecies that eventually come true, because Elgin have obviously started to turn around their form, and that'll not be happening now. But, I mean, 
our next our next clear cut chance, you know, we, we see Fergie doing what we know he could do and and, and driving the ball through. And uh, Doug, are you thinking that that's a shot, or do you think he's trying to play a side pass through? Because if it's a shot, it's terrible. If it's a pass, then it actually isn't too bad. We just didn't have anybody following it up. It's uh, it's funny actually. I was going to say sadly, but no, no, quite right. I've watched highlights twice. One last night, just literally like, no, it was the first thing this morning before I went to work, and then again this evening. Um, so it's hard to actually remember all the situations. I think I, if I remember the right one rightly, I think it was probably a shot, but it was, uh, yeah, it was maybe a sort of little teaser to settle us down before the eventual avalanche. Avalanche, great one. Um, yeah, I actually think he heard Lindsay Hamilton screaming at Ferguson at that point, fucking got it back or something similar to, to that. But, I mean, the next talking point that I've got down, and it's by a player who just seems to grow in stature in his position week after week, Gordon, Liam Newton at left-back, who I think, you know, when Greg said that he was going to make a left-back out of him, there was a few fans, you know, I'll hold my hands up, myself included, that that didn't think that that was going to be possible, but he's just he's just getting better all the time, and he um, breaks up some and has some good play uh, with Fergie, who puts a great great through ball through to Sheriff, and you're thinking he's going to bury this, he's going to bury this, um, but obviously hits a shot and it deflects and, and goes over the bar. Yeah, I mean, I think you know first mentioning Newton, I think you know in a, in a game like yesterday where. The more forward players are, you know, goals and assists and have chances and chances. I think Liam Newton really does deserve, you know, he might get lost in a bit of that, the more defensive players, but I thought Liam Newton really deserves a shout out because I thought he was fantastic yesterday. Um, you know, nothing got past him. Um, he's winning a lot of headers, he's contributing going forward. His passing yesterday was fantastic. Um, and I thought he had a really, really good game. Um, I mean, oh, you know that that Shavoni chance. Uh, yeah, you know, you, you think that's in. You see him, you see him clear. You see he's not offside. Um, I think, you know, one thing is the defender does really well there because the defender gets defender next just in front of him as he shoots, and that 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 deflection takes it over. So as much as you know, you're really wanting that to be a goal. I think you've kind of got to applaud the defending a wee bit there. Um, obviously, generally, I think. Uh, Shivoni kind of missed a few chances in that that first half. Um, um, you know, he made up for it in the second half. Um, but I think that that was probably the one that is the the most excusable because there was good defending there. Um, and I think he just got yeah. just got caught as he was pulling the trigger. Yeah, we'll we'll come back to the the other one just shortly. But I just want to to bring up Newton to yourself, Doug. Do you think that finally we've got our left back that we've been crying out for for? Since Naismith left, yeah, I mean, look, I, I think he's still learning. I, I think he's still a little susceptible to sort of high ball over. It's, he, there was a, I think once yesterday and a couple of times in previous games. I think where he gets caught a little bit, but he'll learn all that. I mean, it's. Uh, I just thought yesterday the best bit was the wee winger was after him, like he was losing his rag a bit, and he stood up to the physical side of that and. For sort of a young kid, to, I can't I can't remember the name of the the little Stranar winger, but he um, yeah he just sort of stood up and it was it, I think he probably enjoyed that like you know because he knew he absolutely had the better of him. No, I think he's been I think he's been very good, very good. And 
the the more he plays in that position, you know, that sort of thing that I'm talking about, you know, he'll learn that and he'll get better at it. But yeah, I mean, if you said he was our starting left back next season, I would be absolutely fine with that. So, and as you say, it's been it's been a hell of a long time, isn't it, since we've uh, even discussed a left back of, of any note. So it's great. Brilliant. I mean, I'm, I'm thinking like Gary Naismith, James Penrice, maybe um, to the, the the real sort of standout left backs in my mind. But you know, I think it's um, it was Stevie Crawford that said, you know, it takes a hundred appearances at at senior level to to really say your experience. And obviously, Liam's going to have a, a few um, seasons to get that position under his belt and at that level. And if he keeps with that trajectory, then you know, he's, he's going to be an outstanding left-back at, at the lower leagues for sure. But look at the... Uh, from that result in corner, we, we got goal number one, um, which, you know, we're going to have to literally count them out because at one point yesterday, I genuinely lost count of what the score was. But, you know, the the, the ball comes out, Steele tries to to put it back in the box. It lands to, to Conor McManus and actually quite a good ball, you know, and... You know, Doug's calling himself sad that he's watched the highlights twice. I've watched them three times. I watched them at midnight this morning when I woke up, and then again before I did the podcast, just to make sure <laughs> that it definitely was eight 0 But he plays a, a really good ball across the, the face of the box, and and it's something that I would probably say that we've not been great at this season is putting the ball in those dangerous positions for exactly that reason, Gordon. You know, that it, it just takes somebody to get in the end of it, or you know, it puts it in a dangerous position that the defender's got a decision to make: does the keeper come out? Can the keeper spill it? And ultimately, agent Luke Watt um, returns to Bayview and, and gets a goal and, and ultimately sticks it in the back of his own net. Yeah, I think, um, like you're saying, that that sort of, just that wee bit of savviness, that just kind of thing, that you know, like that kind of ball across the box is so dangerous because you know, it doesn't doesn't necessarily need to be pinpoint, but, you know, if, if an East Five player gets on it, probably a goal. A Stranraer player gets on it, could be a goal. Um, you know, if the players at the front miss it, it comes through the back. So you see top teams doing this all the time. Um, you saw Scotland doing it against Spain. It's that that cutback is so dangerous. And I think we, you know, maybe we've been guilty of not not doing that quite so much. We did it a few times yesterday, but it was it was a clever ball from McManus because I think you know that even if it doesn't, no matter what, it's going to be dangerous. Um, so I think he just uh, he just kind of made that pass to the back post. Um, Watt ends up getting the, uh, the tiniest of touch to put it in, but I think uh, I think Shivoni was at the back post as well. So even if yeah. it didn't get that touch, probably went, went through to Shivoni. So uh, well, I don't good. know because we're going to come on to one of Shivoni's chances that he missed earlier. Um, I'll, I'll I'll give him the benefit of the doubt and, and assume <laughs> that he would he would have buried that one. I know. I don't want to be too harsh on Chev because he has scored some some good goals for us this season. But he must have wanted to the world to swallow him up after the the first forty five. But Doug, I mean, anything else to, to add on that? No, I, I was just sort of thinking when you said clever ball from McManus. I think if there's ever a word that sums up him in general, I would say it's clever. Um, yeah. I thought he was. I, I mean. Everyone was outstanding, as as we said before we started recording. You know, your three two ones are virtually impossible. Um, but no, yeah, you're right. I, I think the decision making yesterday in general was very good, apart from maybe a couple of. I mean, I know Jack had a couple of cuttings and shots, but then he also had one where, in your head, you're like, don't shoot, and he cuts it back in a good area. And yeah. um, 
just uh, in general, everything sort of, everything was just very calm and methodical and it was, you know, pinpoint, everything was... Clinical. But, yeah, no, no, clinical is absolutely the word. I just couldn't find it. Um, I maybe ate too much. <laughs> yeah, well done for getting the, the second pun in there, um, Doug. Good, good on you. Um, yeah. But yeah, and, and look at, you know, just while we're on Conor McManus, um, you know, I think we're potentially seeing the best version of him that we've had in, in either of these two spells. Obviously, I know that the second one's been sort of blighted by injury, but, I mean, he, he looks a level above League Two in the current form he's on. Yeah, I mean, uh, it's certainly going by yesterday. That that was just, I mean, it was an outrageous performance for McManus. Um, you know, I thought the three, the three in the centre midfield, McManus, Ferguson, Walls, were outstanding individually collectively you know it's like the three of them have got you know individually they've got everything you know they're, they're comfortable on the ball they're comfortable putting tackles in they can run with the ball they can pass I mean it was just such a complete performance especially from McManus yesterday I mean you watch the highlights and it's just he's spraying balls about ridiculous I mean there's one ball that he puts it in and, you know, everybody in the crowd is almost like, oh, he's wasted that. Oh, no, no, hang on. It's kind of curved <laughs> back and, and yeah. Healy's got it at the back post and we create an excellent chance. And some players you might think, oh, you got lucky there. And they're like, no, nah, no, nah, he meant that. Just nobody else saw it. I mean, honestly, I mean, it's, it, is, it is ridiculous. But there was bits yesterday where, and especially when you watch it back, you're like, this is like watching a top, top team play. The way the we interchange is just, you know, quick passes, you know, these wee triangles and then cut through. I mean, and some of the, you know, McManus, Ferguson Walls, other players, you know, it, it it sounds ridiculous, but it was like watching highlights of, you know, a team like Man City at times, where it's just, you know, pass, pass, pass through. You know, as soon as the wee gap opens, done. Um, you know, it's not going to last. You know, we're not going to play that every week, but as a sort of like, that's what you can do. That That's... That's what our potential could be. Um, very impressive. I think for, for me, there's there's so much to do with a nice day at Bayview, not a lot of wind. It's a great playing surface. So if you are, for these sort of guys who are footballers, you know, compared to maybe next week at Dumbarton or some of these sort of pitches, if you're on it and it's clicking, I mean, these guys are all, all three of them are on the ball, very good footballers, you know. Whether they've, you know, McManus's case, I think injuries blight him for sure, um, that he's not playing at a better level. Ferguson, I mean, I actually watched him yesterday. I'm like, how is he not even in the squad, St. Johnson squad? Like, genuinely, uh, you know, you watch him at times and he is surely at least sort of top championship kind of level at right now. And that's, you know, I know he's just signed a new contract with St. Johnson, but it's, you know, at times it is is he's so quick, quick feet. It's unreal at times. And Walls, I mean, that's the best performance I've seen from him. You know, in an East Fife strip by a long way. He, you know, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but a couple of his through balls, you know, in the second half were like, as you say, proper top level, proper top level. Um, it was, uh, yeah, and uh, you know, and McManus. I kind of said that I think maybe at the start of the season about if you can get him fit. He's the sort of guy that could stroll this league a wee bit, just because he's quite a, 
he's very classy. Like he's composed and nothing. He seems to have more time than anyone else. Yeah, uh, and, and you start that. He always has time. Yeah, mm-hmm. it, but it's, it's, it's because he's he's intelligent enough to pick the ball up, and the first thing you see him do, which you don't see enough at this level, is he scans. He's, he just moves his head side to side, knows he's got the, the time to either run forward or play it, but not just that. And the amount of times that he broke up play, you know, he just gets, seems to get his foot in at the right time and come away with the ball, and then boom, you're on the ascendancy. And you give that to the likes of a or even he doesn't have to do it, but you give that to a Ferguson or a Walls, those players that have definitely that ability to, excuse me, unlock defences, and, and you're going to cause teams bother, like we, we ultimately did yesterday. But, I mean, you know, I made the joke yesterday to, to Stephen that Zidane goes to bed at night and kisses his McManus poster because it's, it was it was just so good. It was just so good yesterday. And, you know, Greg, I, I do you fancy being Greg on the lead up to the Dumbarton game because do you put Troughton back into that next week? You, you can't, right? You, you can't. No. And, and that's the thing, is Troughton's probably yeah. been the best player, like, yeah. overall, along with Ferguson, the last 10 games maybe, and he must be looking at yesterday going, fuck, like, yeah. how did I get back into that side? Because well, imagine, going to one, imagine going to one of those three and going, ah, you're on the bench tonight, uh, tomorrow. No, like, absolutely fuck that. Do it. No. But I think, I, I think he's he's shown that already though this season. I mean, Slattery came in was brilliant for two games, you yeah. know, got injured and didn't get back in. Who was the other one? Uh, Pagey, centre half, yeah. was doing very well. Got a wee knocked and get back in. The only difference, as I say, is that obviously next week's on a really bad playing surface against a very physical team, which again wouldn't really smack Trout in anyway, but. That's the only way. I would be absolutely astonished if he did. Absolutely astonished. Yeah, I mean, for me, you can't change it, but what do we know? You know, but like I think we've shown as a collective this podcast this year that we know absolutely nothing about football. Um, but anyway, let's get back into the game. 19 minutes, and another player who was outstanding yesterday and could have played with Cigar in his mouth, Aaron Steele, um, picks the ball up in the heart of the defence, switches across from the defence straight through. Healy picks it up, absolutely sends the boy for a hot dog. Um, the, the boy honestly like heard the Titanic theme tune as Jack Healy was going past him. I'm almost sure of it. And that this is probably the one of the only criticisms yesterday is twice as Jack getting into those positions and you're like, square it. And he hits a shot, which is fair enough. Like, you know, the first one he gets on target, the second one he balloons. But... You know, he doesn't make the mistake the third time, um, which we'll come on to later when he gets the, the chance for Shiv. But, you know, it, it's, again, we've got the ability in our players that that are ball players at the back with um, Denham and Steele that we're able to put those chances, um, you know, and, and cut through an entire team with one pass. I think yeah. what, sorry, Gordon, I think what I liked was... In previous games, I think occasionally Steele and Denham especially have sometimes just done that sort of long straight ball, which yeah. doesn't really work. And I thought yesterday that it was targeted, it was switched, so it was drilled across to someone as opposed to... And I'm not saying it's aimless, and I get sometimes in defence you need to just get your team up the park and you know gain territory or whatever, but it just felt... And again, it's just pure confidence. It, I mean, it's literally, it, 
I reckon after 10 minutes, we didn't see it as a crowd, but the game halted and every Fife player got an injection of confidence, literally just coursing through the veins because it was, it just became a strutting. Everyone was strutting their stuff. Everyone wanted on the ball, yeah. you know, and, and that's where, that that's what I thought was, was great. But it was targeted long balls as opposed to anything aimless. It was almost like, um, when you mind when you were in high school and your girlfriends coming to watch you and your performance goes up five notches because you're absolutely determined that you <laughs> make sure that you look good um, for that. And every single one of their birds must have been in the, the audience yesterday for it. But um, yeah, uh, the next one is the, the one I was just talking about where Healy does fantastic to, to jink past his man. He, he does what he's been doing more recently and getting into the box, looking for that cutback. And every single person in the stand thinks that Shiv's never going to miss that, Gordon. And I still don't know how he misses it. Yeah, like you, you can give him a hundred of those and he'd score 99 of them. I think, um, you know, it's, it's just one of these ones. I think, you know, like you're saying, Mahili, um, you know, he, he absolutely terrorised that Stranraer right back for 90 minutes. Um, I think at the start of the game, you know, he did have a couple of uh, cut-ins where he's kind of shot and particularly one he's kind of ballooned over the bar and you know at that point you're you're almost getting a wee bit frustrated to be like you know don't don't always shoot um but, but the thing the thing that I liked about Healy and Shivoni is you know that, that you could see that after after those first kind of cut-ins where he's you know he's probably thought to himself I've had a shot I shouldn't have done that but there's, he's, a, he's then improved yeah after that point I thought his his use of the ball was excellent. He never wasted a ball. Um, and Shivoni, you know, you can say the same thing. With you know, he's 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 had a bad miss there. And we know with strikers, you know, your head can go down. And probably at half time, you know, you're thinking McDonald might take him off, blah blah blah, whatever. But you know, within minutes of the restart, Shivoni's got his goal. So, you know, that's almost both players. You know, they, they could have got their head down a bit, they could have got frustrated, but they've both just got on with it um and 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 improved as the game's gone on. And I think certainly at this level, particularly with young players, which they both are, like McDonald's talked about it, you're gonna make mistakes. Um, but if you can if you can put those mistakes behind you, get on with it, learn from them. It's exactly what you want for these players. And I thought both of them yeah. were really good examples of that yesterday. I yeah. think I think with Jack it's it's variety. I think, you know, seven or eight games ago, it was kind of like, gets the ball, does a wee step over, skins his man, cuts inside and hits it. Now that happens, which is good. I mean, you're not going to say to him... No, don't discourage that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you've, you've got to keep defenders guessing. Is he going to, you know, stay down the line and cross it in? Is he going to cut inside and hit it? Which makes yeah. him way more dangerous than he was a few oh, weeks right. ago. And, yeah, it was... <laughs> That one you're talking about when they set the Titanic theme tune. I mean, to actually put a boy on his arse yeah. must be the greatest throw for a winger. Yeah, like, chubby with that. Oh, I just—I mean, what? A, almost, almost what a shame! Like, oh, what a shame! There must be nothing worse <laughs> for a fullback coming up against, especially that winger fullback thing. Very early is so key because if the fullback gets the the first duel and wins it. He's like, right, this wee nyaf's not getting the better of me. But he must have gone, uh-oh, yeah. like after about a minute, going, oh, no. 
yeah. this is going to be a long, long day. And but, I think, like you say, the Shivoni thing, yeah, look, he, he was probably the only guy that didn't have a brilliant 45 minutes. But to get in the position, he keeps getting the positions. I actually, it reminded me a wee bit of um, Iwalumo's one. Not quite as bad a miss. Where yeah. he, he's just tried to sidestep in. It's probably hit his heel and just uh, fucked off. But no, that, like there was no... And we'll come to it, but his finish for the third was brilliant for a guy who's just done that. You know what I mean? It was, uh, yeah. it was good. Well, before we go into the third one, we've still got the, the second one to talk about. And it's going to lead me to another talking point that I'd be interested to get your thought on. You know, the, the, the names that I'm looking down here, Fergie, Healy, Fergie, Healy, Fergie, Healy, Shiv, Fergie, Healy, Shiv. That's literally like in my notes. But anyway, um, for the goal, Fergie wins the ball in midfield, gives it to Brogan Walls, puts it right out to, to Scott Shepard. Shepard does brilliantly, nudges the ball forward, cuts the ball back. Great cut back again from Shep. And then, you know, Fergie just won't miss for there. He's just too good. And that's 2-0. And I think at that, I think the fans, after obviously you've missed a few of the chances, Stranraer have missed theirs um, at that point. you just seen the fans kind of go and just relax, Gordon. Yeah, absolutely. Because, you know, we'd been well on top. We'd got our goal. We missed some sitters. Stranraer had a really good chance and you're like, oh, we're going to regret this. And then that goal, I mean, then not just the, not just getting the goal, but the man of the goal, that was a ruthless, ruthless goal to score. Um, you know, maybe people will prefer some of the other many, many goals that we scored yesterday, but just as a sort of like ruthless, efficient attack, that was fantastic. Um, you know, we've got the ball midfield, work it through the walls, just this this little kind of layoff and Shepard's off. And you could see, you know, it's run, look up, run, look up. And he's he's wanting to cut it across. Exactly that thing we talked about, that cutback. Um, so there's some boys in the middle. Ferguson goes to the back. You know, he, and, he, and he has cut it back. So it's, it's travelling backwards, so difficult to defend. And Ferguson's there. Like, that's a proper, like, you know, FIFA pro-ev type goal where it's like, you know. Scummy cutback. Aye, once once I've got once I know how to do that, you can just do it all the time, and it's <laughs> almost undefendable. Which you know, I think, um, you know, it's really good to see us just being, you know, good football, but also just ruthless, ruthless and savvy. And at that point, I think at that point at two now, you did think, yeah, we're gonna, we're not losing this today. Yeah, I mean. It brings me on to a talking point, and it was one that I was speaking about to, to Andy English, who was sat beside me yesterday. Shepard is so good at coming in from the wing and assisting. I'm like, why don't we play him off one of the flanks rather than playing him through the middle? Now, I'm not taking anything away from his performance yesterday. I thought he was outstanding yesterday. I thought he was absolutely fantastic. However, I think he must have our most assists It'll be him or Ferguson for the highest amount of assists for us this season. And Hartney thinks, well, why don't we play him off a, a flank rather than putting him through the middle? I, I think, but I, th- I don't. I mean, I don't think we signed Shepard to score twenty goals a season. I mm. think yesterday, <clears throat> excuse me, was a just a good example of a great centre forwards display, and I think that's where. We've said it before, he's a nuisance, but his, his hold-up play was brilliant yesterday. Absolutely brilliant. And that's what he's been 
it was like almost he got his touch back because a lot of the things yeah. you watch watch him, he, he gets that in way of the defender, gets the control, and then the next touch is away from him, and it, you know, and that's what's frustrating. Whereas yesterday, probably because there was so many people running with him, uh, options wise, but he just looked again like he was loving it. So it was like, you know, get the get the touch, lay it off and away. I I just don't know who else would really play that proper centre-forward role in the current squad, really. Um, but he was, like we said at the start, everyone was fantastic. But he, so glad he got his goals. And I, th- I thought he was, like everyone else, he was brilliant. It's, you know, I think Shepard, where our fan base is a bit marmite. Like, some fans, like, love him. Like I do purely because he's a workhorse. Um, some fans get frustrated at the opportunities he missed, but everyone collectively was so happy to see him score yesterday, gone because I don't think anybody could take away the 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 energy and the the drive, the determination that he brings, and the effort that it, you know, if if effort alone got you goals, he would be a top goal scorer this season. Yeah, I think you know, I think there's maybe he's maybe kind of split opinion a bit about you know how 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 good people think he is but I think everyone recognizes the the effort that he puts in which is phenomenal and it's not it's not a backhanded compliment I think that's you know modern football you can't have a guy that stands up front and think oh, I'll just come alive when when the ball comes in you know you, you can't do that he adds so much to the team and I think you know I think I agree with what Doug's saying that Although he is playing as the kind of centre forward, when we are, you know, when we are on it, we've got we've got other players that can come up and kind of play off him. We've got other players that can score goals, and it, you know, ideally, you you can see that really working. That you've got you've got Shepard being that kind of that kind of centre forward, but he's so good at kind of peeling off defenders, linking up with players behind them, you know getting wide and creating chances that I think that that can really work if you've got the players behind uh, to kind of help him with that. Um, so he doesn't necessarily need to be this 20-25 goal season centre forward. Um, I think he brings so much to the team but it kind of has to kind of has to be in conjunction with some of the players around him and, and that that worked yesterday. You've kind of seen what you know what it can be um, you know what we're kind of aiming for, I guess, and I think Shepard um, was a big part of how good we were yesterday. Absolutely. But I, th- I think my thing, Lee, was you didn't see him having to try and win headers near yesterday, and that's kind of what I was talking about with the long ball thing. So everything was like into his chest, and it was then layoffs. I think people get frustrated because he will you know, jump up and win the occasional header and flick it on to invariably nobody because there's nobody up there with him. So that's what people then get frustrated because they're seeing your number nine and, you know, it's such a cursed number almost. Uh, you know, everyone just is like, oh, well, he's got to get 25 goals a season. And like we said, there's very few of them at this level. But there was that thing. I, I don't remember him headering it yesterday. Like every, everything was in the feet or chest and that's where he's good because he's, he's a strong guy. And I mean, I know the boy got sent off just before half time, which we'll come to. But and he's a big unit, and he never got near him. Never got near him because it was, it was all played into feet or chest, and that's that's where he's very good and underrated, actually. Yeah, and by the way, for me, nail on the head. You know, like 
we do play a lot of long balls to him. Um, and it's, it's not his strength. And if you if, if that's who we've got as our striker, then you, you play to your striker's strengths, right? You know, you, you want to try and play the ball in behind it because he's quick. You know, so he's going to get the better defender, certainly at this level. But, you know, let's let's come on to the, the, the sending off because... I didn't actually like. I almost said like Ashton Wenger. Like I did not see it. I don't know what happened. But um, I dropped a, a message to Steele, who's who's clarified it for us. And, and thanks, Adam, for doing so. But you know, everybody's watching the ball. The next minute, you just see yellow red, and I was like, "What the hell happened there?" Like everybody around me was like, "What? Well, that seems really soft. What was that for?" And I was like, "Who cares? He's going off." <laughs> Um, he goes off. Jamie Hamill's going absolutely. Joe Bananas at the assistant referee, but he got booked. I think in the first half for descent after um, Shiv broke through one on one. And Steely says that he's running for the ball. He's, he's digging elbows in him. Um, and before that, Steele gives him a wee nudge just before he's going to head it, and the boy absolutely loses it and kicks slash stamps on my ankle. Now, the fact that the ref seen that, he obviously mean that they were what he was watching the tussle anyway. But you know, quite rightly, if that's the case, he, he gets sent off. And I think, you know, what I, th- I think hilarious about this, and I'll see if you guys had the same opinion, like we get to half time, one for a pee, and I'm like, well boys, I didn't see that coming today because literally before the game, Liam Anderson's like Oh, like how is it going to daily? I was like, didn't fancy it just because we've been turgid against Strana. The other three games of the season, again, chalk that down to what Lee Gillis knows about football. Um, and everybody's like, oh, you know, 2 0, still precarious. You know, they've had that one chance they went through. And I'm like, I just don't see them bothering us for the second half. Were you guys much the same, Gordon? Yeah. I mean, I think the, you know, the second goal and then the sending off, you're like, this is going to be easy street. There's no way because. I think uh, some of the interviews it got referenced, like, you know, when we went down to 10 men at, at Sterling, but that was too all. You know, it's like, you've got something to fight for. You're 2-0 down. You've just been absolutely bodied for 45 minutes straight, and then you get a man sent off. As well, we're a team who are just, you know, pulling you all over the park. Um, you're like, no, there's no way Stranar come back for this. Um, Extending off, you know, two 0 I think would have been comfortable at halftime. Two 0 and a man up, that was just it. I mean, but the the guy Robertson, I did not see it. I did, I didn't even realize he got a yellow card for descent. I didn't see what happened. I, I don't think anybody apart for the ref and Aaron Steele knew what happened. Um, but fair play for the ref for catching it. But Robertson's that type of player. You know, he's 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 that kind of defender. You know, he is. So he got sent off, and you know. I didn't, I didn't know what happened. I don't need to. I'm giving him dogs abuse and he's, as he's walking off because he's just that kind of player anyway. Yeah, absolute chopper. And literally in both definitions. Doug? Yeah, I I, I think my most of my enjoyment in terms of Stranar was, I think it was our assistant manager. He was losing the plot. Like, Duffy. Off the, was it Duffy? Yeah. Yeah. Because he had a huge go when he went off. Yeah. And then there was a couple of points in the second half where it was just like livid. It was so funny. Um, yeah, look, I think the first one, he's obviously said something to the assistant, I think, about the off, obviously thinking it was offside, but it was obviously right next to the ref. So the ref's going, well, you're not speaking to my pal like that. Uh, and as you say, the second one, yeah, no, that's the ref's job. And I mean, Christ, it was a pretty easy game for a referee, apart from 
needing a bigger notepad for the goals and, and whatnot. But no, um, I'd be amazed if anyone was nervous at halftime. Amazed. Because I would have put every penny I've ever owned in my life and all my family is on us scoring at least one more goal in that second half. Because, yeah. they, you know, we were so dominant. And all, all it was would be come out in the second half with the right attitude and you've won the game. Simple as that. And it was funny because, when, I don't know if you noticed, when Stronar came out, like, all the players are clapping, like, you know, like trying to G each other up. And they had a, I don't know, 45-second spell where they got like a free kick, you know, as if we're up for this. And then, what, a minute later, it was completely game over. But it was, uh, no, no nerves whatsoever. It was as joyous a day as I'll ever spend it with you in relaxed mode. Well, let's just kick right on to the, the rest of the joyous day because of literally the next point in my highlights is 48 minutes. Um, and I've tried to write fantastic ball, but I've said fantasy ball. So we'll say fantasy ball from Brogan Walls, um, which just cut straight through and you know, the, the finish from from Chev is just class. It's just very much like a, a simple stroke into the net. You know, the, the goalkeeper, Scullion, who I, I decided for the, the... I didn't know his name, so I called him Peter Dinklage for 90 minutes. Um, Tidy, wasn't he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Tidy. Yeah, was I, was like, I was like, is that Peter Dinklage? I always wondered what he did after Game of Thrones. Um, but then Chev just rolls the ball past him, and you want to know what, like, I was just so happy for him. Chef, because you were a bit like it would be so easy to have chucked it, you know. Myself included, I'm, I'm like, I'm like, you know, do you bring on a, a Connor Young or do you bring on a, a Taylor Stephen if you know Chef's just having a bad day at the office, which can happen. But you know, one fair play to Greg for you know keeping him on and, and trying to, and showing the, the faith in him and and to Chef for, for getting his goal and, and passing it into the back of the net, Gordon. Yeah, I mean the 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 ball from from Walls is is ah, out, outstanding. Um, I think you know when you you're watching the highlights as well, it's you know it's it's ended up being a a routine finish, but the, it's all in the movement. I mean, you can see Shivoni spots it. Shivoni spots the ball on the run. He kind of points. He tells Walls where he wants it. Walls just puts it there, perfect, and 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 I think yeah, I mean at half at half time or you know I was thinking you, know, you get. Obviously, just a fickle kind of football fan who doesn't doesn't know anything. And I was, as I say, I was getting a wee bit frustrated because I was like, oh, if you know, if, if we'd had another player playing, you know, we could have had this game like done and buried. Um, but I was saying, you know, if if I was in there at halftime, I'd probably say to Shivoni, like, show me some in the first 10, 15 minutes. Like, put that behind you. Show me some in the first 10, 15 minutes. And then uh, two minutes later, he's got his goal. And you're like, all right, fantastic, yeah. Um, but a very, very good goal and I, I know what you say I think if you're a striker and you miss a couple of chances what you really don't want is it, it just getting in your head like that's in your head now and no better way three minutes into the second half get your goal um, but you know what a ball for walls as well yeah and and do you know what I might end up getting lost in the assists in this game because there's been so many goals but that is a, a, a world class pass um, from from Rogan Walls, who was fantastic. You know, we've not even spoke about him yesterday, and he was, and he was so good. Like, you know, when we seen him in pre-season, I was like, wow. Like, obviously, came in the tail end of last year. We started to see dribs and drabs of him. I'm like, right, this boy's decent. 
looked outstanding in pre-season then obviously picked up a couple of injuries last week at Sterling I thought he was a mile off it um, you know I thought he'd had a, a really poor game and then he turns up yesterday like prime Iniesta and he's just pinging the ball but in my, in my notes before now that my broken walls love affairs finished for just now anyway I put Jamie Hamill and Daryl Duffy are in the changing room. Robertson's just been sent off. They're like, right, lads, I know it's 2-0. I know we're a man down, but let's go out and keep it tight. You know, didn't give them any space. Then, like, it's almost like the Kirby Enthusiasm team tune takes in three minutes later and we go right out of the park and, and score, Doug. I think it's the most open I've ever seen a, a 10 play against 11 to the point that I was like, He's going to get sacked after this. I mean, it was, it was as much as we're raving about East Fife, and I know I said this at the start, they were, I mean, it was embarrassing. Like, I, I, I think they chucked, I mean, I think they kind of chucked it mentally. I, I don't, you know, but although I did like it when the full time whistle went, and a few of them were like on the ground, just like, you know, huddling and crying. But I just, I, it was a bizarre. Because I think as a manager, all you're saying is, like you say, keep it as tight as you can, battle like you, you know, like it's your last thing, just to try and limit the damage, basically. But just, I mean, going back to the the third goal, it's a kind of goal you don't see at this level, really. I think, and it actually, it it did make me think of like a De Bruyne, a Haaland kind of move. That kind of you don't see balls like that. I I, I can't think of a better assist this season. There might have been one yesterday, but but I I just thought like the, it wasn't the finish that you were remarking, you know, remar- it was the ball was just unbelievable. And he was tremendous. And again, like you say, we do have to remember that next week's such a different game. A guy like Brogan will be very, very good in a game like that because let's be honest, they had the absolute freedom to do whatever they wanted, you know. So that's where we've got to be a little bit, you know, chill out a wee bit about it. But he was, yeah, we've talked about it, the midfield three were unplayable yesterday. We're an esteemed company with an 8 0 win, uh, win over Stranra. You know who the last team we beat Stranra 8 0 were? Real Madrid. Well, Fernand Javaros. Um, yes, it was both of those teams actually in the same night. Um, no, can we, can we, hold on, hold on. Oh, oh, I was going to say, can we keep guessing? This would be a great game. Yes. Uh, still a Bucharest. No, it wasn't there either. <laughs> uh, Vancouver Wake. Nah, I'm only going to say that because you've just seen Michael get a hard on all the way to Canada. Uh, no, MLS no, no, MLS team, no MLS team would beat Sonora right now. No, no, because it's the Mickey Mouse League. Um, but yeah, so obviously that takes us to, to 3 0 and then cruise control comes in. The, the next point com- that comes to me is, is, is the 58 minutes. Uh, t- exactly 10 minutes later. Um, and Shepard, um, I think, again, it's Brogan Walls who plays a, a through ball through. Shepard, you know, he just never looks like he's going to miss it. And at this point, Daniel calls it a mauling, which was a fantastic choice of word because that was at 4-0. And I think um, <laughs> Doug mentioned it earlier, like, running out of superlatives. Mauling was a good one to use at 4-0, but it made it very difficult to find more uh, <laughs> yeah. as, as the goals went in. But, you know, Tam, as you like, from, from Shepard, Gordon. 
Yeah, uh, just again, another very, very good goal. Uh, Walls, another ridiculous through ball. Shepard, you know, he's on it. He holds off the defender. Very, very good finish. I think, you know, that that was the point where you're a bit like, oh, we're not just going to, you know, we're not just going to sit on our 3-0 and play out the game here. We're we're kind of going for blood a wee bit. Um, and you're like, this could be a pretty fun afternoon. <laughs> um, but just, again, just ruthless. Like, you know, it's just that we 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 gap in the defence, ball through, Shepard's on it, goal. Um, there was just that there was this that point in the game, which to be fair, maybe the whole second half is looking like every time we go forward, we're creating a chance, and we're scoring at least fifty percent of those chances. We just look like the fucking Terminator. Um, it was just pure calmness, though. Everything was calm, like it wasn't. None of the finishes were rushed. It looks like they were just like, yeah, I'll just pop this into that wee corner over there. Off you go. We'll go and celebrate. Everything, every pass was calm and calculated. Every finish was, you know, composed. And it was, it was, it was weird. That's what it was. It was downright weird. And we're not used to it. And may it never happen again. Are you Sarah Connor? <laughs> exactly, but yeah, we. I mean, not to take any credit away from Scott Shepard, but we need to move on because we don't want to be here all night talking about the goals. But the next opportunity, sixty-two minutes, um, is the one we were talking about. McManus picks the ball up um, with a great tackle, drives forward, puts in what can only be described as a FIFA s cross that, like to say, everybody else thinks is going out. Healy does very, very well to, to come round the back post, pick it up, he squares it to walls. You're already celebrating. Now, I can't decide whether it actually is just a poor shot or if it's a very good save from Peter Linklage. A bit, a bit of both, I'd say. Yeah. yeah. You should, I think walls will, will look at it and think you should have buried that, but um, the keeper still made a very good save. He didn't put it straight at the keeper. Doug? Uh, yeah, I mean, from my angle at the time, it, it felt like a world day. I think in the highlights, it probably maybe wasn't quite bad, as, as, as I uh, said at the game. I mean, it was his full wingspan span as a goalkeeper, which wasn't a lot, you know. Um, he had a very almost, short distance to get down. Uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex arms were kicking about there, but it was, uh, no, I, look, 100% Brogan will think he should have scored. Absolutely, but it was it was a very good save from a guy who was uh, had a lot of back pain from bending down to pick a ball out of a net. And to be fair to that keeper, I think he was the only one who didn't kind of at least subconsciously yeah. chuck it. I think to the end, he was trying for everything and he was looking, you know, annoyed at every, every ball that was flying past him. He was the one that kept going, so fair play to him. Not honey, I shrunk the kids. It's honey, I shrunk Jordan Pickford and his T Rex arms and signed them for Stranraff. <laughs> but literally, it, it, it was sorry, Lee. It was funny because the first half I was at the sea end. You know, I like to hang about with the kids these days. It seemed which is a bit weird. Um, the obviously their keeper was at the other end. So I, I, was, I turned to my mate and I was like, "Is he tiny, or is he just far, far away?" You know, the father Ted with a with a yeah. little cow. These are normal cows. This is far, far away. Um, I couldn't work out, but obviously the second half he comes over and you're like, he is properly tiny. Like, he wouldn't even get a game in defence. No. He's too big. Yeah. 
He's yeah, a small he's goalkeeper. I, I've seen it. Um, I mean, you know, he's probably a, you know a very normal sized guy, but as as goalkeepers go, you know, yeah, he is. He is yeah. very short. Yeah. Yeah. Tyrion Lannister, indeed. Um, less than a minute later, again, Jack Keeley does well. Drive drives the defense, doesn't give up, gives the ball back to to Brogan Walls, and pretty much everybody shouts shoot. And he releases what can only be described as a thunder bastard from about 25 yards. It smashes off the bar, off the keeper's face. Not his back, not his head. I've watched it three times. Off of his face and into the net. To which the point, I didn't even celebrate. I just laughed. (laughs) Because then we had to stop the game because he had a nosebleed. (laughs) I I felt (laughs) so, so sorry for him. So, so bad for him. Um, you know, I really, you know, I I think that goal it had, to me it should be Brogan Walls' goal, and it should not be a keeper's own goal. Indeed, I, no, you know, you cannot blame the keeper for that in any way at all. That is just a horrendous piece of bad luck for the guy, and you know the the insult to injury of you know you sort of turning around the ball hitting you in the face and just lightly bouncing back over the line. Fantastic shot for Walls, but. The big takeaway is I felt so bad for that keeper watching that goal. Yeah, the, the definition of coming up short. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, to, to have to get a, you know the trainer to come on and mop up his bloody nose was uh, was pretty harsh. It was quite funny though. Uh, I, I totally disagree. That it's Morgan Moles's goal. You're only saying that because it was a hell of a strike. It, it was. It was technically off target. So, you know, if we're, if we're going to give goals to people just because, well, that was a nice shot. No, I think <laughs> if, if, I'm, if I'm the ref, I'm, I'm making it a keeper own goal. But I feel like the I don't want I don't want it to be like it was the keeper's fault. And I want to give the, the credit to Brogan Walls. But I, I agree. I wouldn't technically make it his goal. <laughs> no, yeah, it was a it was a hell of a strike. And it would have been so good if it had just gone in. And my only thought would be. If you if you remember the the Queen's Park goal that passed it in his own net and that own goal, you know <laughs> to have them is exactly the same does seem pretty harsh, but it was a uh, poor wee bastard. Yeah, definitely. Next one, corner, Sam Denham, totally free. I mean, he literally almost doesn't even have to jump of it. He could have probably just let it glide off his forehead. And I mean that's probably the easiest goal of the afternoon. I mean, at this point, I think that it was literally like, you know, please can the ground just swallow us up and we stop playing football. Yeah, I mean, I suppose one thing, a pretty routine goal, you know, corner, header, unmarked. But Ferguson's corners yesterday were fantastic. Yeah. I mean, that was the only one we got a goal from, but I think generally it's not been for as much as he's a good player and he's had a good season. Um, you know, he's been on the corners and 50 50. Yeah, but yesterday they were all going into dangerous areas, they were all Very fantastic. Good. Um, we should have scored more for them. Um, yeah. I, I actually said that to a mate, uh, I think it was at half time or halfway through the first half, that we'll definitely score from a set piece today. We just looked, I don't know whether Strunar, obviously, especially without Robertson, aren't. That bigger team, it was. You don't often see us coming forward, you know, for corners and go. But we're oh, tiny. You know. Aye, but I think Denham still just, you know, especially when Pagey came on, they look like there's a bit about them, and uh, yeah, but Ferguson's deliveries were brilliant. 
every single one of them. It wasn't like a whipped or a, it was kind of like a little drilled one almost every yeah. time. It was really good. But the defending was, Comical. that was, I think that was the goal that um, Duffy was absolutely losing his mind with. Because that, it almost, that was almost one there just like, yeah, cross is coming in. Well, who cares? Nobody's paying. Oh, goal. All right, six. Fucking hell. This bus Johnny Holmes going to be shit. Yeah. But there was no, you know, there was no, yeah, nobody marking or anything. It was pretty, as routine a corner goal as you'll ever see. I don't think we need any um, to elaborate on that anymore. Um, 80, 80 minutes, another through ball. Young breaks through, and I think everybody in the stand wanted to see him score yesterday. Obviously, the, the young boy known for Rangers. He does well to uh, shake his defender almost off. And then it looks like he's going to pull the trigger, but then Shep comes in and the keeper saves it. And then Young is determined to get on the end of it. Um, you know, he literally is going for the kill. He almost puts the keeper through the net. The other defender who actually didn't give up rattles his face off the crossbar. Um, and I'm just a bit like, well, it's like, come on. <laughs> so it's 6 0 up. It's not like we're desperate. But you want to what? Like, I, I love the fact that they were all so tenacious right until the end that they were, like, we were a way to, to try and add to the score. Now, I don't know if you guys heard the young boys yesterday. You were close at the end of it as well, but it was, who put the ball in the strand round net? Who put the ball in the strand round net? Who put the ball in the strand round net? Half the fucking team did. They, they, were, they, were, they were so good. Like There was a few songs. One of them was um, Shoes Off If You Love The Fife. And yeah. they're literally all we- uh, waving their shoes in the air. <laughs> I- I'm absolutely brilliant. Like, so funny. But um, just going on to what you were saying, actually, that was the biggest thing for yesterday, more than anything, was the fact that we went, nah, we're going to keep going and keep going and keep going. And when the subs came on, like Taylor Stephen raging when he didn't get a ball through him at one point. Like, it, I think it was at 7-0. And just every player was like, I want to play, I want to play, I want to and really, you know, when you look at it, we got four points yesterday. Yeah. 100% got four points because our goal difference is obviously now yeah. good compared to even others around us. So it makes that that was literally four points gained, which, you know, you don't. But we started the game on minus three and finished on plus five, which is insanity. But look, we have two more goals to, to quickly go through and then we could discuss some other stuff because that's been an hour purely on the game. And we're going to change it up because there was absolutely no way that we could just do a 3-2-1. So we've um, unanimously decided on a 5-4-3-2-1 for the first time in glory days um, of gold history. Michael, you might want to add in the 5-4-3-2-1, which I think um, Doug was miming along to there. But 87 minutes, um, you know, Taylor Stephen, who I actually thought was very good when he came on yesterday, there's some great work um, down the right-hand side. Now, I'm not actually sure it was a good cross. I'm going to give him credit for it anyway because I'm in such a good mood. And Shepard, again, actually doing something which I don't think we see him do an awful lot of is actually running to the near post and just thinks it. I mean, you could probably even call that a chip because the keeper was so small over the keeper. Um, and that makes it seven. And before we, we'll just finish it up. And then on the 91st minute, Connor Young absolutely unleashes an absolute beast of a shot um, to to make it eight. And I mean, I don't know about everybody else in the stand, but I've I've taken a video clip 
um, of what I can only describe it as at that point. A classic Simpsons quote, if they managed to come through, you stop, he's already dead. <laughs> I could only feel sorry for them at that point. Um, and yeah, boys, 8-0. Um, and I'm going to say it again, because I might never, ever, ever get the opportunity to say this in my lifetime or as um, a podcaster or whatever the hell we're called. East 5-1, 8-0. We scored eight goals in a game, conceded none a record at the NGM Timber Bayview Stadium and it takes us into the playoffs with two points clear of Forfar and three of Stenismuir and like Doug's very rightly pointed out now with our positive goal difference. I'm going to come to each of you and I want you to surmise as best as you can the game in one word, starting with Gordon. Outrageous. Doug? Shite. <laughs> uh, oh, one word. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Um, yes, I wrote down orgasmic because I don't think I've ever seen anything like it, nor do I think I will ever see anything like it again. Um, and... Yeah, hats off to every single East Fife player yesterday. There's not a single one of you had a bad game. Um, we absolutely thoroughly destroyed them. And if there was famous people from Stranraer, I would be going, you know, that very famous speech, you know, such and such, your boys took one hell of a beating. Um, so the only thing I could have found was Peter Case Stranraer, up in Scotland, your boys took a hell of a beating. Um, I even found the, the Stranraer podcast on Twitter last night who were slagging off Caroline for leaving the mic on um, and apparently hearing some of our conversations. Um, I said, well, at least you got some entertainment today. Um, they didn't clap back at me, which I was a little bit disappointed in, but we moved. Anyway, boys, time for your five, four, three, two, ones, which I think is going to be very interesting because there's 11 players. Well, I'm going to say 10 because... Poor Fleming um, didn't really have anything to do. He could have sat in a deck chair and had a mojito and no, I didn't worry about it. So I'm sorry, um, Fergie, I can't, um, Fleming, I can't give you plus points for your performance because you didn't have to do anything. But there's 10 other players in the park yesterday that could probably all have had three points. So I've tried to span it out a little bit and I'm going to come to Doug first. Excellent. Um, yeah, I mean, as a caveat would be that Every single player deserved points. There's no doubt about that. Um, I will go... I'll say the defence is very good. They're not going to get any points from me, but the defence is very good. Um, one point to... Uh, oh, Christ, I have no idea. Um, I'll, I'll, go, I'll do my top three first, and then I'll come back to my other two. Um, it's the midfield three get the top awards for me. Um, in almost any order, to be totally honest with you. Uh, I've gone, I'll go Walls 3, Ferguson 4, McManus 5, uh, and then the 1 and 2, 2 for Shepard, and 1, oh, I'm going to give 1 to Alan Fleming for his handling was excellent. <laughs> he will be loving you for that, I can tell you that. I'll get shit the next time I see him, but he'll be loving you for that. Gordon. 
Okay, I'll go. I'll go from one to five, and this has changed. It's the same five players, but it's they've changed order. So if you ask me in ten minutes, it'd probably be different. One point, I'm going Jack Healy. Um, already talked about just a total menace all afternoon. Just that's trying our right back. We having nightmares about Jack Healy, and you know, for as much as you know, we've commented that about his decision making and his use of the ball. I thought. It, it was really excellent yesterday. He made a lot of good decisions and played a lot of good football. Uh, two, this might be very controversial, but I'll give my two points to Alex Ferguson. Um, so it's that two assists, a goal, he got man of the match and not even inside my top three. Um, <laughs> um, you know, just his delivery from corners was probably the best I've seen in a game. Um uh, he's five, but no, he's not. He's not making my top three. Third place, uh, Scott Shepard. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe a guy that scored two goals, two assists. You know, even in my top two. Um, but I don't. I don't think. I don't think we need. I don't think I need to justify why he's getting points. Uh, four. You know, I guess you can, you can guess who top two will be. Four. I'm giving it McManus. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, five, I've decided to go Brogan Walls. Uh, watching the highlights back, you know, at the end of the game, I think I had I had my top three, the midfield three. Um, but watching the highlights back, I think it's just, um, you know, like cemented for me what a good game Walls had. Um, and also Shepard moved up a bit as well. But um, yeah, that that could have been in any, any order. They all deserve a lot of points. Yeah, I mean. Mine's is very similar to yours. Um, in my five four three two one, that every line has a scribble through it and <laughs> changes the order. So again, you know, although your position may be um, low, uh, you all could have had the, the five points from you. One, I've gone Jack Healy, who I thought, and this might baffle some people considering some of the goals he scored yesterday was his game of the season for me. Um, which might seem insane considering I'm only giving him one point, but you know he at the, that left back, that sorry that right back even, I'll be waking up in the middle of the night and hoping you know Jack Healy is not there behind him, terrorising him again, um, because literally every time he got the ball, you never felt like he was going to get the better of Jack. And what like um, like you guys were saying, did very very well um, to to pick up on right. Okay, maybe it's not time to shoot. Maybe it is time to square it. And he is getting better at that. I think the first team that we really seen that from him was Steny away, where he actually picked the ball up and he came off of the subs bench and was cutting the ball back. And I think you've hit the nail on the head. I'm going to say this twice, Doug. I can't believe that. Um, that maybe he's just starting to that, that little bit of maturity where he's going to go right. Okay, I don't need to cut in and shoot every time. If we had a little bit of variety and getting the ball in the box, we're going to be a little bit more dangerous. And if he keeps doing that, he's going to be a phenomenal player. There's no two ways around that. Two points, I can't believe it, but I'm two points for Shep. And it's like you're saying, like two assists and two goals, and he doesn't get into my top three. But the, the midfield three were were so good. It's it's actually I feel horrendous giving him two points, but you know, fair play to him. A very very good game. My top three, um, again, <laughs> give him three points to Ferguson, which again is insanity. He got man of the match and he was brilliant again. But, you know, I, I just felt there were two players ahead of them. Four I've given to, you know, the Methyl Zidane himself, Conor McManus, who was just fantastic and could have played with his slippers on yesterday. And he would still have put the, 
the performance in that he did and five of you into broken walls because that was, you know, him and Healy, that was their best two games in a in his five shirt yesterday. Bro, broken walls, when you if he played like that every week, he would go to any team in the country. And I mean that right from the top to the bottom. You know, he's got that ability. Um and he just he just didn't look phased by anything yesterday. You know, he was picking the ball up all across the park. So, I mean, some of his assists yesterday, you know, you were literally like, you know, you would expect to see that, you know, there's been Man City comparisons today, which I never, ever thought I would hear um, on an East 5 podcast. But here we are um, after an 8-0 win. Um, absolutely fantastic. Resounding victory. And it's given us, um, that is our final 3-2-1s slash 5-4-3-2-1s because we will be attending the Player of the Year dance and giving out our trophy um, at the end of the month and we need to get that ordered and signed up for. So that was our last one. Um, so we'll still potentially do it just cause, but it'll not have any impacts on the Glory Days World Player of the Year. So as we go into the league table, um, Stirling Albion, you know, pretty much all but champions now. They go to Dumbarton, um, on Tuesday, something they've not had to do for a long, long time now. Um, and they could wrap up the title there, which I think inevitably they will do. Um, and let's hope that they go and give them an absolute doing so that they're low in confidence for Saturday. Stranraer in second on 57 points. Then we've got Annan um, on 50 points. Um, East Fife in fourth place with 47 points. Then Forfar in fifth on 45, Steny in sixth on 44, um, Shranrar in seventh on 38, Elgin on in eighth and on 37, Bonnie Rigg um, in ninth on 35, and Albion Rovers um, in last place on 33. So, you know, as much as there was a closeness in the amount of points that we had between those sort of eight teams below um, Stirling and Dumbarton, there has been a gap established now. We've hit, hit form at the right time. And I'm going to ask you both outright one word answer. Gordon, are these five making the playoffs? Yes. Doug Perry, are these five making the playoffs? Absolutely. <sighs> We've got Lee Gillis. Are these five making the playoffs? Absolutely. Yes, we are. We're going to win the league, lads. I don't even care. Sterling Albion are going to lose the rest of the games. We're going to dominate forever. I, I couldn't help noticing that you were so excited about East Five beating Stranar. You called Stranar twice in that league table as being second and seventh, which was. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of I would hate, hate to be them right now, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. There we go. Anywho. So, like uh, like Peter Snow on election night, I have done the final calculations and I've got the results of the three three two ones for the season. If you want them, no, let's leave the players in suspense at the um, oh, okay, okay. player of the year was. You can, however, tell uh, Gordon and I when we're off air. So we'll leave the view the, the viewers because well, we're a podcast and not a YouTube channel. We'll leave the listeners in suspense at that one as well, but. We're going to go into fixtures for next week and, you know, again, another cup final in our division. So, obviously, we travel to Dumbarton. Now, this is where the pessimist in you really kicks in because we don't have a very good record there. And 
unless any of you have done that level of research before the show, can either of you remember the last time we won there? No, it's been a while no. for sure. It's, well, we didn't we didn't have a very good record against Stranraer until yesterday. But we did beat Dumbarton at home, and they have got a very depleted squad. Um, so, uh, you know, there isn't a better time to be going there in the form we're on. Let's put it that way. So, games around the division next week. Albion Rovers versus Stenhouse Muir. Obviously, Albion Rovers are desperate to, to fight for getting off the bottom of the table. We could really do with them doing us a favour um, against the Warriors next week. Porfer versus Bonnyrigg is another one. Now, if Bonnyrigg can get even a point there next week, um, I think that's a massive result for us. Stirling Albion, who cares? Stranraer Elgin, who cares? Um, to be perfectly honest. But, you know, all three of those games that affect the playoffs could throw up any number of results. And I don't think anybody would be surprised at any of them, Gordon. No, I think... You know, as much as we're sort of getting, it's easy to get carried away that we've won eight now, and we've obviously moved into fourth, and everything's looking good. It's still just three points between us, Forfar and Steny, and you know we're playing Forfar, and as much as Dumbarton aren't doing that well, they won yesterday, and they're still second in the league, so there's still a lot. It, it, it's just this league, you know. It, <laughs> We could beat Dumbarton, Steny and Forfar could get beat, or they, they two could win and we could lose. I think there's still a lot of ups and downs before the final game of the season. We also officially are safe from relegation, are we? Yeah. Which is very, which is very, ex- if you think, if you rewind to 10, 12 weeks ago, it would have been celebrated more than just a yay <laughs> when, there some, when there was some genuine fear kicking about. Um, no, I think, uh, like I said at the start, you know, the fact that our last home game we were awful and then we've just gone and won 8 0 and played like, you know, vintage Barca um, says everything you need to know about consistency. And I've said it all along when you've got young kids, you're going to get that. And what I loved at the end of the game. Was it was just like it was just it was all kids really, wasn't it? You know when Taylor Stephen came on and it was just just kids. So it was a uh, yeah. Who knows? We could very easily go to Dumbarton and win, and we could very easily get beaten semi comfortably. It's that kind of league. There was something else that I wanted to bring up that it was on this day in 2016 that we wrapped up the league title um, under Gary Naismith. So. It does not seem like, what was that, seven years ago now? does not, uh, no. It's absolute insanity, but I don't think we could allow that one to, to go by without mentioning. Um, and Doug, before we move on um, and do some predictions for next week, you shared something um, pretty touching in the, the group chat today, so I'll, I'll let you explain that one. Yeah, no, the, the last time we won 8-0 at home, was against Alloa in 1964, was it? And I actually remember this picture from it. 63. I remember this photo from when I was a kid because my dad loved George Dewar, like proper hero, loved him. And I always remember that picture because it's my granddad was the chairman presenting him with a match ball because George Dewar scored six that day. And uh, yeah, just always remember seeing that photo. I don't know Christ where it was in my house from growing up, but... I was saying to my mum today, actually, my we were in Naples airport when me and my brother were young and 
we happened to bump into George Dewar and my dad was like an absolute, you know, uncontrollable kitten. Grabbed me and my brother and like, come and meet a proper Seth legend. We are at that age where we genuinely don't care. We're just like, oh, oh, whatever, some weird old man. But my dad was so excited to, uh, to get us to meet George Dewar. So no, that was quite cool. Um, seeing the, the scoreline replicated and that was the last time, yeah. Love that. Really enjoyed that. So to wrap up the show, gentlemen, I mean, we could literally go into so many other questions, you know, Mick Kennedy, the Darvall managers, um, just announced that he's leaving and likely going to East Kilbride. We could, probably could have talked about that. Could have talked about the resurgence of Elgin City since sacking their manager, two wins on the bounce now, um, and what a favour they did for us yesterday. But I think that considering we've been yammering now for nearly an hour and a half, um, and I'm sure that Doug will have to be getting up to caddy at the crack of dawn tomorrow. We'll wrap up the show with finally your predictions next week, but I'm not just going to ask you to predict our score. I want you to predict the score of the other games in which I mentioned as well. So we shall start off with yourself, Gordon, East Fife, Dunbar, and what is the score next week? 2-0 East Fife. <laughs> Uh, it's amazing what an eight now win. I'm being, being conservative. That is six goals worse off than yesterday. <laughs> oh yeah, love it. And what about the Albion Stenny score? One one. I would take that. I'd bite your hand off for that right now. And finally, the four for Bonnie Rig score. One 0 no, four for. Oh, you think they'll sneak it? Yeah. Oof. And Doug. Uh, oh, I mean, I think I, I would I take a point next week. Probably not. Um, I'll go one all in these five game. Um, I'll be in steady. I'll be in steady. I think I'll be in just seem to have just fallen off a cliff now. I think I can see. Steny winning that and I'll go 2 0. And finally, 4 for Bonnie Rig. I noticed Bonnie Rig were getting a lot of abuse online about their, uh, you know, hammer throwing and dreadful tackles and stuff in their game yesterday. Um, I can see them getting some in one all as well. Awesome. Well, also, Anne, I mean, Anne aren't, you know, certainties yeah. yet. And and they're playing Stirling, away at Stirling next week, where in all likelihood Stirling could win the league. So I I think I wouldn't rule out Annan getting pulled in. I fancy Stirling I to beat them next week. I can't see it. I think they would at, at least at least at least for us. I mean, if we win next Saturday and they get beat, we're on the same points. I mean, yeah. who who who's Annan's running? They played Stenny on the last day away to Stirling next week. I don't know who they have in between. Let's check. Uh, I think, especially because I noticed Goss wasn't back uh, on Saturday uh, yesterday either, was he? So I don't know whether he's out. Sort of. And I've got Stirling away, Bonnie Rig at home, and then Steny away. So I tell you what, yeah. well, Bonnie Rig are potentially fighting. You know, would need to get something out of that, and it's as we know, it's not an easy place to go. Um, it's a team I'd love to avoid if if we get into the playoffs. I would love to avoid them in a semi final. To be fair, 
So does it depend? So with Sterling, if Sterling beat Dumbarton midweek, they win the league, don't they? Yeah. yeah. So it basically, I think it could be a, it could depend a lot. Like if Sterling are going there against Annan after having won the league, get your money on Annan. If they're still yeah. needing that to win the league, I mean, we we could do a Dumbarton could do a real favour by beating Sterling on Tuesday. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely game. Dumbarton or uh, Dumbarton on Tuesday. Sixteen games unbeaten, Sterling. I noticed someone said they've not they've not lost in twenty twenty three. Yeah. So what we want from Tuesday is basically Dumbarton to scrape a victory. In a grueling encounter where they suffer a lot of injuries and they're dead on their feet, and four red cards. Yeah, that's it. Deal, deal. Yes. (laughs) So that um, pretty much wraps us up. I will go um, for nil nil between us and Dumbarton next week. I'm going to take Albion overs and Steny as two one Steny. And I'm going to go for four far to lose one 0 to Bonnie Rig, um, in a 88th minute scrappy Bonnie Rig goal, maybe a penalty or something like that. Um, I've had a few of these wild predictions right this season, so let's see if I can sneak another one. But that's all from this episode of Glory Days Go. Thanks very much for your company, as always, gentlemen. Really appreciated. Really enjoyed talking um, so positively throughout the entire show, which makes a a nice wee change. And are any of you making the trip to Dumbarton next week? Yes, I think uh, so. I will be working, sadly, so... Those golf clubs won't carry themselves, Doug. Those I know, I know. Themselves. I actually think, uh, uh, apart from the playoffs, and if Forfar we need to win, that might be my last game of the season in many ways, but I'll uh, I'll definitely be going to ones that I need to go to, if that makes sense, which does not include Dumbarton. Fingers crossed. Well, yeah. and of course, thanks as always to our listeners, you guys that we do it for, and just downloading your or streaming your numbers every week, and it's, it's really appreciated by all of us. And thanks for listening. Take care, stay safe, and more importantly, come on the five. Lord Provost Warren of Glasgow presents the Scottish League Cup to the side that lasted the course better, all conquering East Fife. As I made my way to that pitch on Wellesley Road To sing my songs for the boys in black and gold I heard the stories about 1938 And I was just a boy and knew I'd have to wait there's broken dreams and what might have been at that stadium by the shore But those glory days ago might return once more